target you. I'd witnessed the start. Number one, I'm not stupid, okay? I can tell you that. What comes next? Leader is watching. Yeah, right about now. Give me a break. I hold a Twitter. Right about now. A uh, friend of mine. Great guy. Right about now. Big, big. Big, big. I'm like a smart person. Getting away with murder. And I don't care. Right about now. It's the balance or the bullet. I'm ready. Right about now. I could actually run my business and run government at the same time. Burn that motherfucker down. Right about now. more than your car. Yes, Field is leader. Bigger than anybody. And you're nothing. Yes, Field is leader. Fui to Field is leader. Fui. Fui, fui, and double fui. Fui. Fui to Field is leader. And if you're twittering, 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 fuck you. Everyone agrees with me. Right about now. I really believe it. I am on the Twitter. Right about now. I love the Mexican people. See this guy. Oh, I don't know what I said. Oh, I don't remember. False, fake information. Right about now. I think it's one of the reasons I got elected. Who knows? Right about now. I think we have one of the great cabinets ever put together. Great talent. It's going to be catastrophic. Right about now. Some of the great hospitals of the world. Yes, fearless leader. The six top people in the world. Yes, fearless leader. Nobody's ever had crowds. Yes, fearless leader. Crowds. Like Trump is Maybe the intelligence agencies. Who knows? And you're listening to CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, Orange is the New President by Steinsky. Fearless Leader is watching. That is Steinsky. And we also have joining us in the studio right now, who are you? I am Stephen Hamm. And my name is Bruce Wilson. And who are you? What are you from? We are from the band Sunday Morning Project. Band Project. Yes. A multimedia project you've been described as. This is true. Uh, who else is in the project, Bruce? Well, we have... Um, the, uh, am I okay to call it a project? Well, you can call it pretty much whatever you want. Do you um, call it a project, Ham? I, I like to call it a project, yeah. You do. Yeah. That's why I helped for the project <laughs> bandwagon. But who else is in the band? Who isn't here right now? Well, uh, who isn't here is Coco uh, Culbertson. And Justin Lee. Who used to be in Pluto. That is correct. And All uh, Mint alumni. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All Mint alumni. <laughs> oh, I'm giving it away, aren't I? Yeah. No, that's cool. That's all right. It's All Mint alumni. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, Kevin and Kevin Rose, Rose who was yeah. in Cole, were well, they on Mint, weren't they? Yes, yes. they were. Yeah. 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 
and us who were in Bruce and I who were in Tank Hawk, and so was Kevin. So was Kevin. So everybody was on men. And just to let you know what we're doing here today, Nardwar and all those folks out there listening, is we are having a record release to, uh, party tomorrow night at the Colch down at where is that it's on the corner of uh victoria and uh venables venables correct and yeah. that the band sunday morning the which is the music arm of the project sunday morning will be playing and we will be releasing our album uh, did we go over okay who's in the band yeah but mm-hmm. what each person does that's a good question okay what well, will be people's what will people be what will people seeing you know, you want to. OK, well, um, the um, there are going to be projections. Um, there are going to be v- videos and uh, the band will be playing. Yes. And the projections are Bruce on vocals. Bruce yes. On vocals. I'm yes. guessing. Right. Yes. Bruce Correct. is singing. Bruce, we have Bruce and we also on the album, we have Leah Commons singing also. Yeah. Who's we, amazing. Who's amazing. But tomorrow night we will have Carmen Bruno will be singing with Bruce. So it's a, a female and a male singer. And mm-hmm. I'm playing piano and various keyboards. Kevin Rose is playing guitar. He's amazing. He's amazing. Coco Culbertson, number one bass player in Vancouver. No doubt about it. Will be playing bass. And Justin Lee, who I met through Mint, <laughs> through the Evaporators, will be playing drums. And he kills it. Yeah, he's a killer drummer. Yes, he is. And a realtor as well. And a realtor. And he, a just, realtor. he just sold a house in uh, Point Grey Village and another one at Canby Village. And boy, is he stoked. Thanks for that, <laughs> Thanks for that, Justin. And catch Sunday morning, tomorrow night, January the 21st at The Culch. Now, Ham, I was looking at my notes. Mm. And the last time that I think you came in to CNTR Radio mm-hmm. was Sunday 9 p.m. at the sugar refinery with 25 swabs, canned ham. Oh, my God. Yeah, that sounds right. How was that? Canned ham, Sunday, 9 p.m. at the sugar refinery That's a with 25 mess. swabs. <laughs> the 25 swabs who were like a noise van, van from Detroit, right? Where are they from? Or Where is 25 swabs from? Or is it from like Ann Arbor or somewhere? I have no but idea. Yeah, um, they, that, was a, that was a fun as heck. There's actually, if you go on, on the internet, there's footage, dark grainy footage of us in our in our gold lame robes sweaty dancing at the sugar refinery and That's doing hot. ring the bells of sex and the sugar refinery was on granville it was on granville street yeah many a gig happened there yeah many notorious and and memorable gigs and, go july ahead. 4th toilet 24 hours show happened there i think and was it actually topped by the Beans? Did the Beans, the local band, the Beans, yeah. play longer than July twenty fourth? That's ju- right, July fourth toilet. I think so. Yeah, they they did longer than twenty four hours. Yeah. Actually, I almost screwed up the name. I called you July twenty fourth toilet. Did mm. anybody screw up the name? July fourth toilet. And mm. I know that was from Neil Hamburger, right? People often call it the Fourth of July toilet. But that, yeah, that, that was Greg Turkington who came up with that name. <laughs> so catch Cantham in the past, Sunday, 9 p.m., <laughs> at the Sugar Refinery. But on Saturday night, this is reality. And this, this is a different kind of music. 
and a different kind of band, mm. I would have to say. It's more of a, well, it's a project. It's more of a serious, I don't know if Can't Ham is a very serious uh, uh, band, really. And <laughs> this is all happening Sunday morning at the Culch at on the Saturday. Yeah. Sunday morning on Saturday. It's a beautiful, that's right. A lot of people have pointed that out. It's on Saturday, uh, yeah, Saturday night, Sunday morning, we'll be playing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, Bruce, are here partly because of YouTube, right? YouTube. Yes. This whole project is it YouTube. Did. Yeah. Um what happened was is um is I moved here from uh, Massachusetts, uh, uh back here, and um before I moved, I threw out um my uh, notebooks and uh journals like and a true artist everything. Would. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever but (laughs) but um so i threw those out and um and a couple years after that um i was showing someone a tank hog video and i looked in the comments and someone had posted i found this guy's journals i found this guy's notebooks at my dump. Surprised to find him on YouTube. <laughs> Anybody want them? <laughs> and this was Hello McFly. Yeah. Hello McFly. Hello McFly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Who? Um, and I should go back to say you were in Tank Hog, right? Yes, I like, was. That's yeah. why you were showing yeah. a Tank Hog vid. Exactly. Yeah. I do exist. I am on Tank Hog. <laughs> I am in Tank Hog, right? That's what we're doing. It's true. Yeah. So this guy, Hello McFly, six years ago, Mm -hmm. said, quote, I found this guy's notebooks at my dump. Surprised to find him on YouTube, meaning Tank Hog. Yes. Anybody want him? What happened? Well, um, I contacted him and we did have a small exchange and he told me he thought the notebooks were in his mom's garage (laughs) or in his mom's basement and he he would try and find them, and then I tried to contact him a few more times, and I haven't heard back. So I, I really don't know where the notebooks are, where this Hello McFly guy is. I it's think all a should... huge mystery. No, so <laughs> where this where this goes, the genesis of this project is after Bruce had that exchange with Hello McFly, mm-hmm. you decided to what it would be like to find some guys. Notebooks in the dumpster, like all, like you know, bits of prose, prose, lyrics, and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And if you if you build a if you build a narrative out of that, what would it look like? Right. And then Bruce started writing this book called The Turner Project, which is now called Sunday a morning because yeah. I just thought I'll, I'll just call everything Sunday morning. Yeah, it's good good marketing, good branding. It, yeah, and um, so um, I began to write write a book. And I thought, well, Ham isn't doing anything. Ham's not doing much, so maybe <laughs> he and I could um, create some songs. What bands had you been in previously with Ham? Uh, Tank Hawk. Yeah, that's all yeah. we did. Yeah, we yeah. did Tank Hawk yeah. together. Yeah. When did you meet Ham? God, um, I met Ham probably in 1984. Yeah, when... not 1986. No, that's no. no he was out no. of the picture by '86. Yeah. We were, Life went to hell in 86. What was Ham like when you met him in 84? And how did you meet him? What was Ham like (laughs) back in 84? Um, Ham was practicing 
with, with slow before slow was slow when slow was sisu S- sisu in uh, the basement of a house where i was so, so now hold on a sec you were in a house how um, <laughs> um well, house, an old punk rock house yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. bruce was yeah. living at where it was up on ontario on Terry and twelve and twelve. They're yeah. still there. Yeah, and you had a rehearse a reverse mohawk at the time, I oh, believe. God, that was the worst and, haircut ever. And, <laughs> and we needed a place to practice. And Tom from Slow was yeah. like, "Oh, we can practice in Bruce's basement." It was you and Kelly, I think, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And it was. Lawrence, was Lawrence living there? Lawrence Maud? He no. he, he hung, hung out there uh, a lot. of Ant yeah. Acid of the Ant Lawrence Maud of Ant Acid. Thing. Yeah, Calbert uh, trophies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who later on? Boom. Who later on played into your <laughs> Slow copyright? Facts equation, right? Remember the slow contract from Geffen was sent to Calbert Trophy. Was it? <laughs> but it turned into a copyright contract. Right, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, I, I don't know anything. This is all news to me about that. Mm. That, that makes sense, though, because, yeah, no fixed address, right? And Calbert Trophies was on Seymour. I remember that's that. That's right. Was. Lawrence's yeah. mom owned Calbert Trophies. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. and yeah. everybody gets a trophy for listening yes, to right. the Nardwar, the Human Serviette <laughs> Radio Show tomorrow night, Sunday morning at the Cult. But you were saying you met Ham at this house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. yeah. we were just like basically, we need a place to practice, and Bruce was living there, and we showed up. And we started it just practicing. Kind of happened. Yeah, and um, Ham was uh, one of the guys who was in the basement. <laughs> yeah, and that's what how we ha- met. What did ha- what did Ham look like? Um, wh- how did he behave? He had d- was more Ham, hair. Was, I had more hair than I do now. Was yeah. Ham, he had what, more what, hair. What's Ham mean then? What's Ham mean? No, I was never oh, mean. Oh, no, not mean at all. I was never mean. No, no, Ham. I just hang out with mean people. Yeah, well, we all did. <laughs> no, was everybody nice but appeared mean? Well, I think at heart we were all nice. We're all just nice but, kids. But um, we just had to put on some air to protect ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> we're all pretty angry. Yeah. We, yeah. we were having a great time. We're, it was funny because I was hanging out with, I'm going to do some name dropping, Kurt Dahl of the New Pornographers, or formerly of the New Pornographers and Age, uh, Age of Electric. And, I and lo- Kurt I, I, was like slow. So what were you guys listening to like around that time? And I was like, well, we were listening to the Jay Giles band Freeze Frame a lot. And like slow, everyone's like, you know, like, angry. Oh. We're just like, we're listening to a lot of like Huey Lewis. You know, so we were like party guys. Uh, uh, Kurt, <laughs> Kurt is a real slow fan. He even wore a slow T-shirt on Letterman yeah. drumming for the new pornographers. So finally, slow get on yeah, Letterman. Yeah, we were on Letterman. Finally. So you met Ham yes. at this time. Yeah. Ham was playing in slow. What yeah. happened there? Because Tank Hog had not formed. No. No, this is when slow was getting off the ground. Yeah. And and we just, we, we hit it off. We're all buddies. And, and the other guys, like we all hung out together, all the guys in slow and, and Lev Delaney and, and Shane Davis, who were later in Tank Hog mm-hmm. with Bruce and I. And we were all just like, we're just a gang of guys that hung out and partied. And after slow broke up, we put Tank Hog. I was like, well, the obvious guys to play with are Shane, who plays guitar. He was in, and Lev, they were both in bad, this band called Bad Bad Attitude. And we liked them. They were, they were you know, because they were heavy. So it was like, well, I'm going to start a band with Shane and Lev. And like, we need a singer. Who are we going to get? 
we should get Bruce to come sing because he was like in the gang. But Bruce at the time was living in Florida. That was a no problem. in oh. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah. 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 Bruce gets around. Yeah. So um, so uh, these guys called me in the Massachusetts and said, "Hey, um, would you care to to come come to uh, Vancouver?" And pl- and sing for our new band, and I wasn't really doing much in Massachusetts. And we so weren't doing much in Vancouver. I said, "Sure." So I came back. What was the band called at the time? I don't think we had a name. We for didn't a have while, a name. We right? didn't have a name until we actually opened. And speaking of like yeah. a group of like guys that just hung out, we. Uh, Copyright, the band Copyright had who didn't have. I don't think they had a, a name either yet. <laughs> no, they and, didn't have a name. But somehow either. they got a they got a gig at Harpo's over in Victoria. And we're like, well, we're all hanging out. We're not doing anything. So why don't? Why doesn't my new band without a name coming back you guys up? So um, so we went to Victoria, and f- for some reason there was a tank of nitrous oxide with us, and there may have been. Uh, um, Quite a few tanks. A few of, tanks of, of, of nitrous. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, and I think sometime uh, right before we were supposed to hit the stage, uh, some we were all like like you know sucking off the tanks of nitrous oxide, and someone said, "You guys are tank hogs," and and thus the, the name. name was spawned. Yeah, so we needed a name before we played. The, yeah. Yeah, and then so, it stuck. So uh, there were no hard feelings between Copyright and Tank Hog. You had all been bandmates before in Slow. Oh, yeah, there's always yeah. bad. Yeah, sure, there's always bad feelings. There still is. <laughs> <laughs> but Those they... never go away, Nardwar. <laughs> <laughs> but you opened. Oh, absolutely. Yes, we opened up for Copyright, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was fun. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> This guy, Hello McFly, yeah. who posted, mm-hmm. I found Shane's, and we're speaking to Shane and Ham from Sunday morning. No, I found Bruce. this. Oh, sorry. Uh, okay. Bruce. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was thinking of um, Shane. Shane Davis. And I was thinking of Dave Pasty. Yeah, and Dave oh. Pasty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, what is uh, Dave Pasty? How does he play into the equation? He was one of the first guitarists for Tank Hog, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was, yeah. yeah. Where is he now? He's I'm running the sure. Hindenburg. Oh, really? Yeah, the, okay. the bar. He, he runs well, bars. He does, like, weird sex shows and stuff like that. Not him himself. He <laughs> I hope. But he, he, he books he books weird sex shows in the West End of Vancouver and run, and manages the Hindenburg. Hello, McFly, six years mm. ago, said, I found this guy's Bruce and Ham of Sunday morning playing tomorrow night at the Colch. Notebooks at my dump. Now, I noticed he uploaded Hello, McFly two weeks ago. He a did. recent vid two weeks ago. Wow. Yeah. Is it um, time to spam him? It could be time to spam him. Yeah, because that sounds fun. And he also <laughs> uploaded. sounds like a good time. Do you he really up- want your, your old journals back, though? Um, I don't really care, but right. it w- would be fun to spam them. Yeah, it would so be so hell. Spam. Yeah, let's do right? it. Right, <laughs> time to troll. He also <laughs> uploaded. This was Hello McFly Six. Some bear videos. And I. What do you go- mean? Some bear. How does Can Ham play into that one? <laughs> uh, boom. <laughs> no. Bear attacks. Oh, well, those kind of bear videos. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 
bear attacks well drinks from pool so oh he got God. me stuck on a whole bunch of bear vids <laughs> not only hits but general bear videos right like oh. bears chummy <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of those out yeah, there like a woman talking for like half an hour about a bear wow jumping, and i watched the entire thing so <laughs> if nothing else um you bruce sunday mm. morning has brought me bear vids well i'm so so happy to have done that nardwar that, that's fantastic <laughs> now for sunday morning you have the song i lose i i did kind of like mm. a slight allusion to it 1986 mm. where you say punk is dead well, in 86 yeah what was happening in 86 well it just felt in uh 1986 that um that that uh, that there really just wasn't much going on uh, 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 musically. Um, it felt as though as though everything had just kind of died. Or that's how I felt. Hello, caller. Are you there? Yes, caller is here. Uh, hello, caller. Who are you? Uh, my name is Nick Jones. Hi, Nick. And, Hi, Nick. And Nick, we are also joined by Bruce from his new project, Sunday Morning and Tankog and Ham. Oh, wow. Excellent. Uh, Hi, guys. Hey, bud. Hey, Nick. Uh, 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 just uh, while you were on the line, uh, Nick, who are Bruce and Ham? While you were on the line, Nick. Uh, they were the, uh, the geniuses behind Tankog. Back in the day. Genius. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> and who is Nick Ham? Who is Nick? Nick is the infamous singer of none other than the Pointed Sticks and also the Hunting Party and uh, uh, Frank Frink Five, one of my right. favorite, all time favorite bands. Yeah. Absolutely. Ham played with the Frank Frink Five a couple of times. I, I played clarinet. Yeah. Yeah. And keyboards wow. a couple and of times. keyboards, too. Yeah. Did I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. I, I remember doing Happy Wanderer and Wanderer and uh, Paloma Blanca, and that, and tr just doing a terrible job of playing clarinet. <laughs> <laughs> and your first gig, Cam, wasn't it Rock Against Radiation with the Point of Sticks? One, my first sort of punk rock gig that I went to, yeah, was um, I was as far as I was concerned, it was like going and seeing the Beatles and the Stones and, and whatnot, and it was DOA and uh, the Point of Sticks and the Subhumans and the Ktels played that wow. day and at uh at Vanier Park. Vanier Park in a muddy yeah field at Vanier Park on the back of a flatbed truck. Did it feel like you did it feel like that to you, Nick? Um <laughs> did it feel like I was going to see the people? <laughs> <laughs> but you want to know a little known fact about that day? Like what? it was okay. There was like there was quite a few people there. There might have been three or 4,000 people there, but it was the day the Whitecaps won the soccer bowl. The That's... soccer bowl was on in New York that day, like right when that event was going on. The soccer bowl was live in New York. So, of course, the whole city of Vancouver was watching that. Right. Yeah. And Randy Rampage was taking acid. Uh, well, that, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> and and what, how, how does that day differ? Well, there was a great pick of Randy taking acid oh, at geez. that event by Bev Davies. And you, Nick, are phoning in to promote a gig you are playing next week. Correct. Correct. Could you explain about the Paul Leahy benefit? Okay. So Paul is Paul Leahy was the guitar player in No Fun, Transvestimentals, a band called Pleasure Suit, and then his last project, Polly, where 
he wasn't only the guitar player, he was everything in the band, the guitar player, singer, drummer, everything. Um, Paul's a super talented guy. Uh, some people, I guess, would probably say glam rock would probably be the greatest, the best point of reference, like Bowie, Mott the Hoople, that kind of stuff. And Paul's extremely sick right now, and uh, he's not able to play his songs live anymore. And so a bunch of bands in Vancouver are doing this benefit for to raise money for him and his family, basically. And it's the 27th, so that's next Friday at the Rickshaw. And let me just, I got my little list of bands here. It's us, Polly Suit, The Slip Ons, Swank, The New Black, China Syndrome, Tate Modern, The Furniture, uh, Paul's son Finn Leahy is going to sing a song or two, and Mark Godfrey is going to be the MC for the night. And it's $15 to get in, and all the money is going to the Leahy family. For Paul's background, you had mentioned he was in a band that actually toured Japan, the toys, when yeah. he was 18? Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. There's great pictures of them, too. It's like, you know, Axis Entertainment or, you know, the old uh, the old 8x10 black and white glossy pictures. Uh, Paul looks like a Q-tip. He's about 18 years old. <laughs> it's really funny. They were, uh, they were like, you know, they were like a glam rock band, like a... Uh, sort of a oh I don't know like a queen kind of kind of thing I suppose right queen or sweet or that sort of thing. How the hell did he get mixed up with that uh, David M guy? That's what I want to know. Um, I think also, probably pro- proximity more than anything. Right. Else. I think probably both of them in Surrey. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That makes sense. Brilliant pairing, man. Totally brilliant. Yeah. 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 The two very very different guys mm-hmm. that's for sure. David and Paul. You couldn't imagine two more different people collaborating on music, and they did for so long too, and made a ton of records as well. So. Mm-hmm. Did the Toys ever record anything? Like, how did a band from Vancouver go to Japan in '76? That's they amazing. Well, I think at that time, probably that's what the Japanese were looking for. And, you know, if they could get a bunch of young, pretty boys all dressed up in satin and spandex and the right hairdos, you know, the sky's the limit, really, yep. right? Do you have the single? Did you know it was, uh, you know, did you know about the toys when you I were did. doing the Point of Sticks? I did. I was aware of them at the time. That would have been around the same time as bands like Sweeney Todd. Yeah. And, uh, Sweeney Todd with Brian Adams and, and those kind of bands, right? Um, Bowser Moon, like sort of after the... After the the hippie bands and and before Heart and things like that, I guess. So I don't know in there somewhere. So, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they were uh, they were uh, one of the agency bands. I'm not sure which agency. I'm sure it wasn't Bruce Allen, but it was one of the talent agency bands. But yeah, we were aware of them. I mean, I probably saw them at the Scottsdale Inn, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> Nick at the gig next week, and we're speaking to Nick from the Pointed Sticks at the Rickshaw. You are going to be covering a lot of Paul's songs. We're going to hear It's a Glam Glitter World. What is the genesis of that song, and what songs are you going to be playing? Okay, we're not playing that one. I think somebody is playing that song. I don't know. I think that's probably the song that sort of sums up Paul's whole ethos when it comes to music. Like, that was everything that he loved and everything that's, you know, everything, that whole Ronson Bowie, you know, runaways teenage groupie kind of era of music really you know it's a it's a it's a stylistic kind of thing and he really he understood it and he did it so well on that poly record mm-hmm. but that's not one of the songs we're playing but we are playing three of the other songs from that record that night some 
for Ham, do you have any grudge against Ham? Because Ham was involved in Expo 86, and he caused your band at the time, which I have played the cassette release of on the Nardwar show, Make Me Believe. Do you remember that song, Make Me Believe? I do, The Hunting Party, yeah. The Hunting Party. What happened as a result of Ham dropping his pants? Well, I think everybody knows that story. Uh, Expo took a dim view on the local. They thought we were all going to do it. You know, they thought that. Uh, I mean, they thought Randy Carpenter and Gordon Nickel were going to be up there pulling their pants down. Well, well, Randy Carpenter, yeah, those two would be capable of doing that. And I'm glad they. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would be much prettier if they had done it than I had done it. Yeah. You had. So, but they canceled all the gigs. Uh, we ended up later on, we ended up getting one, but it was like in the last month. It was in October, and it was just before Expo was about to close, and there was no tourists there anymore, and it was freezing the night we played. I can remember that. Yeah, we sucked for doing that. Anyhow. Uh, <laughs> oh, what? Well, you guys got paid, though, right? We're yeah. the only ones that didn't get paid. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we got paid eventually. Yeah, when we played, I think we got paid. I don't know if they. I think there was probably bands that never got their gigs, and they probably didn't get paid, did they? No, maybe not, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, there you it go. It was a shitty thing for us to do. Uh, no but way. eventually, you embraced him, and you had him in the Frank Frank Five. Of course. No, I don't bear anything. You know, how can I bear a grudge against that? That was one of the great moments in music history. You know, it's legendary. I mean, yeah, did it screw a lot of bands over? Sure, but still. You know, people are still talking about it. It's 30 years ago, so... Gotta had to have some value. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess so, eh? Yeah. I don't yeah. Know what it did for some <laughs> And you are Nick Jones of the Pointed Sticks playing next Saturday night at the Rickshaw as part of a Paul Leahy. How do you say his name exactly? Leahy. I've Paul what's it did he go he always went by it was David M and Paul yes. Leahy, right? Yes, yes. You are playing next week at the Rickshaw. You also make an appearance, Nick. In A.L. Chapman's recent book about the Clark Park gang. Oh, I do, do I? Yeah, you I, do. I, I, he owes me a free book because I did do a little interview with him, but I don't know. What did I say? You were talking I, about the Rolling Stones riot. Because I was there. I mean, I wasn't rioting, but I was inside there. So. What was the connection between the Clark Park gang and the Rolling Stone riot? Why, are you, why is Nick Jones in that book? I think he just wanted to know what it was. He just wanted to talk to somebody who was inside as opposed to someone who was outside. And, you know, by virtue of how old I am, I was actually, I'm actually old enough to have been attended there that night. And I don't know, maybe he couldn't get Buck on the phone. He probably would have had better anecdotes than me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how was that show? Uh, they were kind of sloppy, but I was 14 years old. What right. the hell do I know? You know, I camped out for a month overnight. I camped out overnight you know, a month beforehand to get the tickets. And, you know, at 14, it's going to be pretty impressive. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, the good, the good, one of the things I do remember, uh, there was a rock critic who used to work for the province. Her name was Jeannie Reed. And uh, she was sitting in front of us. And the doors for that show opened for some bizarre reason at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and the Stones came on at 10. So you, <laughs> yeah, you can kind of imagine what state people were in before then. And she wrote a really terrible review in the paper, but she'd been smoking so much pot before the show started that she was actually asleep during the time they were playing. So, <laughs> yeah. And Nick Jones of the Pointed Sticks, what did you think of No Fun? Did the Pointed Sticks ever play with No Fun? We had we were on a bill with them once uh, the, when they were going to reopen the Retinal Circus. Jerry Barrett had this great idea; he was going to reopen the Retinal Circus, which later became what Celebrities, mm -hmm. I think it is, on Davy Street, and is still open, even though 
for some reason they found a, a, a way to deny us the license for it, even though the gig had been advertised and been on sale. They pulled the plug like the day before or something. But it was going to be us and the subhumans and no fun we were going to play there. But we didn't, and that was the only time we were scheduled to play together. But, you know, we're both on the compilation our complication record, so... Yeah, and for like a young guy, for a young guy, for when I was fourteen years old, when, <laughs> when a young guy like me, <clears throat> uh, for a young guy like me, Nick, um, when yeah, that compilation record, when Vancouver Complications came out, it's like, yeah. you know, I, I I listened to all those bands, and that freaking No Fun song is so good. It's a great. Song. It's a it's great got, song. It's got that great Paul Leahy guitar lick. Yeah, right? That's yeah. The kind of lick that he played all the way through his career. That yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's Roxy Roller, but like. Yeah, more evil. Rocky Roller backwards. Yeah, yeah. Is that what is that song? And is that going to be performed next week? I don't know if anyone's playing that because I don't. I don't really want to speak for anybody, but I don't know if Paul and David were that close over the last few years. I mean, they worked together forever and ever and ever, and I'm not privy to whatever you know what goes on between them. But I don't think David is playing next week, and I don't know if anybody. I think people are. I think that's one of David's songs. And I think people are more concentrating on the songs that are really more closely identified with Paul. So, right on. Yeah. What's going on nowadays with huh. the pointed sticks? Because I do remember you phoning in, I think, and thank you very much, announcing your last gig. Mm, that was a long time ago, our last gig. <laughs> We've done tons of gigs since then. Hey, Mike Davies is, uh, is calling me. Yeah. yeah. Hang on, sorry. Yeah. Oh, 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 actually, oh. what do you remember, Nick? About ham and slow. What do you remember? Um, I just, I was kind of, at that point, I already had sort of, you know, I was in the process of just kind of starting a family and then moving on from that point. So slower kind of a little bit past my time, to be quite honest. Um, I remember the records. The records were great and people talking about them, but uh, I never saw slow play. So I can't really make a judgment on that, but, you know. Playing Frank Frink with Ham, and I've known Ham for you know Tankog and stuff, and also the Boys Club where all the Montgomery brothers used to live. Tank, right. uh, Ham was yeah. always there, so I knew him pretty well. Uh, from uh, yeah. Just uh, lastly, I was going to ask Ham and you about the Boys Club. Mm-hmm. Was it actually a gym? Was it actually a school? It wasn't. It was a Boys Club. Like remember there there was a, and there still is one over on. Um, God, it's over like on Sophia and Sixth uh, Avenue. There's a, a Boys and Girls Club of Canada, and that was. The, the where we where the boys club was was an old like, it was a community center. Whereabouts? It was at it was what was it Eighth and Heather? Yeah, Seventh or Eighth and Heather? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that, right behind yeah. where the London Drugs used to be on Broadway. Mm. Yep. And it was an entire boys and girls club, and it was awesome. It and, was yeah. the most awesome place. Did it you was ever incredible. go there, Nardwar? No, I didn't. I just oh loved the idea that like oh people would wake up and go to the gym. You would use a, a urinal. You and had urinal. To, yeah, yeah, we had we had a full uh, we had a we had urinals. We had like a full locker room with with we with walk-in showers. There. Yeah, There's floor hockey there every yeah Saturday, every, every Saturday, Saturday morning. morning. And yeah. I used to piss these. I used to be, get pissed off at these guys because uh, we rented the every morning every Saturday morning. It would be like you you were involved in that, right, Nick? Course. The and and yeah. uh, and it was like Jason Grant and all the guys from oh, everybody Bud played Bud, Randy Bud played, Bob, Grant yeah. Played. yeah tons yeah. of people would come in every Saturday morning at, <laughs> and and I'd be like still trying to sleep of course that's because I how I how I rolled and they they play floor hockey it was yeah. amazing it was yeah. and there was like a full on like floor hockey game every Saturday morning at the boys club it was but it was the boys cl- and card games every night every yeah, every night card and and we at one point.
point when I moved in, we had about five pinball machines in the because there was a like a full gallery kind of uh, area like uh, um, that we and and in the basement there was there was garages and there was Wally Industries was out of there doing all the T-shirts. And we built everyone. A, we built a practice space down there. As yeah. Well. yeah, there was the one or two. There was yeah, the other practice space in the in the basement. That's that's yeah. why Nick and I, when Nick and I first started like hanging out, it's because yeah. the 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 hunting party and Dimwit was there and and was living there and they were practicing there and yeah. Tank Hog was actually we practiced there as well. Yep. So it was a total and and mm-hmm. Roots Roundup practiced there and Oversold Seven Chainsaw yep. Running, all of them, yeah, yeah. all those bands, yeah. How did you get the place? Like, how much was it? I paid two hundred dollars a month. I don't know who was the mastermind. Was Melvin Bob, the mastermind? It was uh, no, Bob, it was Bob, right? Bob and, our, and and our Eddie Dutchman yeah. were the masterminds. Yeah, they, they're the ones. Everybody lived there. Barry Taylor lived yeah. there for was, a while. We had yeah, Barry Taylor there for a while. We had Dimwit. We had yeah. Wally Moss. We had Mikey yeah. Moss. Oh, Mikey, Mikey, Mikey Moss. Moss. Yeah. <laughs> all the Mosses. Melvin Kennedy. <laughs> all the Mosses were there. <laughs> what happened to it? What happened to the boys' club? Uh, what condos? Oh, and and Kevin Rose says he saw I I saw four wheel drive there. Um, yeah. I just four wheel drive mm. the tribute to Bachman during overdrive. That was you and Dim, right? Yeah, no, that, it was that was myself and well, I did a thing. So at the end of the whole the whole thing, yeah, they 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 were yeah. As Nick said, they were going to put up condos. Yeah. So we got we got our eviction notice, and because um, this is in the heart of Fairview, right? And oh this God. is happening. Can you imagine nowadays having a place like that? Oh my God! <laughs> I know, right? Oh it's insane. God, yeah. And um, and yeah. so the to to we we because we were flying under the radar, and it was you know we we're we weren't supposed to be living there, et cetera, et cetera. So we we never had shows there because everyone was always like, "You got to have shows. You got to you got a full gymnasium with yeah, a full stage. stage <laughs> a whole, like, why don't you do shows?" It's like, no, we're, we'll you guys will you know people come in and that mess was it up. The voice of reason. Right? The voice of reason. Yeah. yeah. So when yeah. we got the notice, we um had we did we we attempted to do four nights. Of shows there, and and I, you were involved. I believe you were involved in this, this Nick. No, I, I was actually away. With oh, were you away? Yeah, yeah. I have you great. Guys definitely, went, you guys definitely went down swinging. Though, we so, sure. so the we had like, the it first was night. So out of control. It was like it was like the first night was four, four wheel drive. My BTO tribute band. It was uh, did DOA play the first night? Uh, I don't know. Copyright Art Bergman. All oh, these copyright everyone. Plays. Oh yeah, that's I think the Modernettes got back together. Was, yeah, that's right. Yeah. What was the Montgomery Brothers rap act? Then, then, then it was then Bob. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Mr. D and Chuck B. <laughs> yeah, because because uh, Chuck was playing in Danzig at the time, and right. Dimwit was just hooking up with the Four Horsemen, and they were hanging out in New York with Rick Rubin, doing the and, and doing the the Deaf America stuff, and they they came back all in black with like they were they were like living in Man or they're living in Jersey, uh-huh. and. And uh, I went to that house. Oh did you? Oh, yeah. good. Uh, wait a second. <laughs> Nick Jones met Danzig? No, Danzig wasn't living in the house with him. That's what yeah. the Montgomery brothers were living in this house in Jersey. Yeah. Danzig was probably living in a penthouse in New York somewhere. <laughs> well, he was, I'm sure he was living in Jersey, too. He was living, yeah. in, his, he was living in his mom's basement his in mom's Jersey. His mom's basement, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... But yeah, but I, it was cool because because they, they they we did this rap thing and I was like the the Bob was the MC, uh, Chuck and Dim were were rapping and I just stood there with like a a fake uh, uh, hand handgun and and it was like the enforcer yeah. guy. But yeah. they had but they had gone into like Russell Simmons' place and ripped off one of 
or, or somehow gotten hold of one of Run DMC's tracksuits, which I wore that night. And I don't know why I didn't keep it, but it was like, this is, this is what's his name? Yeah. Uh, tracksuit. And I was just like, oh, great. Whatever fits me. That's awesome. You know, and, and if I'd kept it, it might be worth something. But uh, <laughs> anyhow, I did. It was mind. covered in beer. Actually, I, I ended up, I ended up safety pinning fur to it so I could wear it as part of my, uh, my, uh, Fred Turner costume. Well, there you go. Recycling. <laughs> yeah, recycle. <laughs> Who was in the boys club before you? Was it a boys club? It was a boys club. It was so a boys and girls club people. in Canada. You, yeah. were the, you were the first yes. people yeah. in there. When they I moved out, that, we moved in. I think there was a little bit of a gap. I think that yeah. maybe that Bob got that place because the boys club had found like a new, like either closed down or moved to a new place and it maybe it had been sitting vacant for yeah. a year or so. Because I can remember going in there the first time and I remember we were just looking around, going, "This is outrageous! This mm-hmm. is the greatest thing we've ever seen." You know? Yeah, because so. you got—they were all down at at, at Stalag Thirteen before Correct. that. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Where was that, and how long was the boys' club? The the boys' club, what what eighty? I'm going to say eighty four, eighty five to eighty five to like. 87. 87, yeah. We were yeah. there. We had a, mm-hmm. had a three day, three year run there. And yeah. where was Stalag 13? The, the Stalag 13 was down on 2nd and, uh, I'm going to say 2nd and Heather, too. So just a few blocks down from there. Where the That's seven, right. Near where the set, there's a 7 Eleven down there now on 2nd Avenue. Right. And right, a subway. Right, right, and it was, right, it was right, in right. that. Yeah, I yeah there's like that. a little strip mall down yeah. there at the bottom. It was yeah. down there. It burnt down, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, how we yeah. got the. That's how we got the, yeah. all those bottles of wine in the um, the cappuccino machine at the boys' club. And that's when that strip all <laughs> burned down. You, <laughs> you had a cappuccino machine. Yeah, we had a. Yeah, at one point we had a full a full on espresso. This is in 1987. Yeah. We had yeah, a people didn't on, even know what coffee was. Yeah, then. we just we were just drinking this stuff and just <laughs> bouncing off the walls. Uh, oh, well, <laughs> well, thank you, Nick, for phoning in. We are going to play right now. It's a glam glitter world. What can you say about this track that we're going to uh, play right now? This is the lead-off track on the record, and this pretty much—if you like this, you're going to adore this record. You know, because this is this is basically—it's got a bit of everything on it, including one of the all-time most bombastic endings ever. It's a great song. You guys should come next week. People should come next week. It's for a great cause. Yeah. Musicians supporting other musicians in their time of need, right? It doesn't get any better than that. So I would suggest that everybody come down next week, next Friday night to the rickshaw, uh, 15 bucks. And thanks for having me on eh? there. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's cool. Uh, Thank you, Nick. Anything else you want to say to people out there at all? Uh, Do, 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 something like that. Uh, Is that what you wanted? Almost. (laughs) Do, 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 do. Do, do. Right <laughs> All right, talk to you guys Thanks, later. Nick. Soon. Talk to you soon. Week. See you next week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bye, Nick. Bye. Uh, we are trying. Oh. I always get confused. It's like if I will turn it on and I will turn on the track. So here we go. It's a glam glitter world. It's a glam.
And you are still listening to CITR FM 102, the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show. Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And we heard Paul Leahy doing It's a Glam Glitter World. And there is a benefit for Paul next week at the Rickshaw Theater. That's right, with a whole mess of great bands. And Paul, yeah, Paul's sick and he could use your, uh, your support, everyone. And before that, we had a conversation, an interview with... Nick from the Pointed Sticks, and Nick was mentioning he is playing this benefit. Also, he was mentioning the Boys Club, and you were saying, Ham, we are here with Bruce and Ham from Sunday Morning, who are playing... We are playing at the Cults tomorrow night, and that was uh, Sick in the City, a song we just heard by Sunday Morning, and we are playing at the Cults, the Heritage Building, the yeah, historical. Correct. Um, the, the, yeah, there was the so much historic. Theater. There's so much happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We did hear "It's a Glam Glitter World" by Paul Leahy. Yes, and then we heard. I'm sorry, we heard the tune by Sunday Morning. Yes, we heard "Sick in the City." Sick in the City by Sunday Morning. And before that, Nick called in, but Nick was mentioning the Mm. Boys Club, Mm. and you had mentioned you had not finished the story. Oh, the story. Well, first I'm going to say, um, speaking of, of Sunday morning and Sick in the City, that smoking guitar solo by Kevin Rose. And he says uh, to say that, uh, please tell Nard on behalf of Katrina, his wife, and their three daughters, Gemma, Charlie, and Ginger, uh, <laughs> that we love you, that they Aww. love you. They all love you. And Kevin like rocked that. But anyhow... Going Kevin back, is on Bowen Island. Kevin too. lives on Bowen Island. Did you yeah. record? Where did Sunday morning record? Because I would think that you would record on Bowen. No, we recorded because uh, he has a studio. He had, he used to do Lemon Loaf, which is mm. more Lemon Loaf out in Burnaby. Uh, that was a, a more of a growing concern. Kevin still got some gear kicking around. He's still a kick-ass guitar player, which he would play more. But you know, life 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 uh, is gets busy, and and uh, he, he still kicks ass. Kevin, yeah, he you does. still kick ass. Yes, and, you do, um, my friend. And uh, what? And he lives on Bowen Island, but we recorded it at Afterlife, Afterlife. Studios with yeah. Johnny Ram. Yeah. Hello, Kevin. This is not Kevin, but uh, oh, okay. go, regarding go. Kevin. Who is this? My name is Al. Hey, Al. Hey, Al. I'm just curious. Kevin Rose, did he graduate? Uh, was he a Vancouverite? Prince of, Prince of Wales? What, which where? Point Grey. Point Grey. Yeah, Point Grey. Yeah. 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 That's 80s, Kevin Rose. 80, early 80s. Yeah, that's the same guy. That would be the man. Male model, him. Kevin Rose. Know, handsome this, man. This guy, oh, definitely. Very this handsome. This guy uh, has the single greatest grad quote in your write-up. You know, you do a grad write-up at the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> with your photo. Please, tell us. <laughs> I'm dying what, you, Can you read? Do you not know this? No, I don't know this. No. I, this is the single, uh, he, okay, so I was, he was in the older grades. He was in grade 11 when I started high school, and, and, uh, he was uh, a normal guy, yep. and then he came back no, he to school wasn't. with a mohawk one time. Oh, right. Uh, from, for the rest of school, he had this mohawk, and um, it was just, you know, <laughs> you become something of a legend when you do that. At, especially and, at, at uh, Point Grey Secondary, yeah. And, and, uh, in 1980. Uh, yeah, maintained it. Not, not, he didn't ever bail from it. He kept it going, and right. uh, it, it was fantastic. So anyway, the write-up in his grat in the annual... He says whatever he thanks whoever he wants to thank in advance, but then the quote at the end that you know people put Shakespeare, whoever you know Churchill, mm-hmm. the quotes he puts. I think it's his own. I hope it's his own. Never hit your grandma with a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like Kevin. Yeah. It sounds like, so like yeah, Kevin. That's true. That's, uh, that's, don't ever I, do I that. Agree with you. <laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely. That's a, that's words of wisdom when you when you leave when you're going out into the world. If you, if you follow those words, you'll be all right at the end, right? And I hope he keeps teaching that lesson because you know it, it might be getting lost out there. Well, he's he's a he's a uh, a, a, a registered clinical counselor now, and uh, I hope oh, he tells perfect. that to his clients. I think they'll, they'll do you know, well. I, that that is fantastic news to hear. And you say he has children as well? Yeah, yeah. three kids. Yeah, and a lovely wife, Katrina. Yeah. So, caller, you have been holding on to this info for years. You. Well, from the moment I read it in 1982, <laughs> and then he was, then he went on to play. Or he probably at the time was playing in in uh, the Bludgeon Pigs. In the Bludgeon Pigs, yeah, I'm sure he was. Bludgeon, yeah, who were amazing. Were amazing band. I love that band. Yeah, very good. Well, I just wanted to. I just had to make sure that this was the same Kevin Orr. I figured once he, he was living on Bowen, <laughs> I'm quite like, sure it's one of the same living legend. Yeah, to Bowen. What about you? Castration anxiety, Kevin just. Uh, oh, yeah, he castration just, he just, anxiety. He just texted said <laughs> the band was castration anxiety. And do you remember Caller? Also amazing. <laughs> Caller, do you remember anything about. With Al. Um, slow or tank hog, Caller? Pardon me? Do you remember anything about ham, slow, and tank hog? No, that, that I, I cannot attest to. But uh, this quote, that, that's it for me. <laughs> well, thank you very much, caller, and do 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 And you're still listening to CITR Radio. Where were the we? The Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show, celebrity roast of Kevin Rose. Yeah. The Who will Boys be playing? Club. The Boys Club Kevin story. Rose will be playing tomorrow night. At the Colts with Sunday morning. That's right. And the tickets are selling briskly. We've already sold like 100 tickets, I'm pretty much sure. Yeah, yeah. So pre-sales mm, is so pretty great. Come on down. They are moving fast. Yeah. Ham, I did ask the caller, yes. what does he know about Tag Hog or Slow or Sunday morning? And I went call- to Bing and he uh, went to uh, Prince or not or to Point Grey, so it was a different, we didn't really. But what can you tell circles. people about tomorrow night in relation to your old bands? To old, our old bands, And Tank old Hog? friends. Well, Bruce and I are—we've been doing this project. We started this project a few years ago, and we're, we've played a few shows. But you know, we we finally put the record out, and we wanted to get, do a—you know—like a nice soft cedar. We love the the cult. It's a lovely room. Yeah, it's so beautiful. So we thought we—if we're going to do this, we're going to play some shows. We should do a show there. And um, it's just this is a, a life. What's become pretty much a lifelong friendship, and you know. We come back. We come together other once a while, and uh, we collaborate on some music, and it's pretty awesome. You were mentioning a boys' club, or yeah. I keep on mentioning the boys' yeah, club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't finish the story. So we had four. We did these four nights, right? Of at the end when when we finally. In case got, people are joining us, this was your house, basically. This is where I lived. It was it was an old boys' club, a community center at Eighth and that Heather. you lived at. We lived at it. it. Was myself at the time, and the Montgomery brothers, Dimwit and Bob and Wally Moss, and oh. A few other folks, I think Shane Davis was there. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, and uh, Melvin Kennedy. And so we got our we got our um, our notice. And so we we know we have to move out. So we've got this full gymnasium and a stage. So we book. We get Laurie Mercer to to book four nights, and there we did a, a long weekend: Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, all Monday. All these luminary. Everyone from. From DOA and the sub, I think we did a there was a Subhumans first reunion. Descends played there. Ogre by band the Modernettes. Yeah. Art Bergman copyrights first yeah. show mm-hmm. as Mo. Yeah. Uh, my my band uh, 
Four Wheel Drive, a, a BTO tribute band. All these great bands were playing there. And we, uh, so first off, we needed to get beer. And we're like, how are we going to do this? Well, we're just going to have black label. So we sent out four pickup trucks to every liquor store in Vancouver, pulled up and said, we want all your black label. And they'd be like, excuse me? And we want all your black label. And then we'd pull out the pickup truck and they'd be like, they get, you could see them getting excited and they would load, bring out the, the forklift and just load a pallet of black label into the back of each truck. By the time these trucks went out for the second run, word had gotten around the liquor stores. So they knew we were showing up. We'd be like, you guys are the guys that are here for all our black label, right? And like, yeah, that's us. And okay, pull out your truck, boys. And then and they had this great uh, photograph of myself and Billy Barker and Chuck Biscuits and Bob and I believe Terry Russell doing a fire brigade of off the and back Shane, stairs. Right? And Shane, right? And Shane. Of this, of yes, this, this it's a fire beautiful, brigade beautiful photograph. Of, of, black, of, of guys up the stairs. There's a pickup truck full of black label <laughs> and we're each like six pack by six pack handing all the, these, beer, these uh, six packs of black label into the boys club, which most of it got drunk. Except the last night, we, we got through three nights, and it was like night four, and Death Sentence were playing, and a bunch of skinheads showed up. And so Death Sentence decided, because they were into social justice, that they were going to have a rumble with the skinheads. And, the skin, and, and there was a big fight between Death Sentence and the skinheads. And all I remember was because we had this gallery that like, overlooked the gym. And I just remember, and Doug Donut will attest to this, we've talked about this many times, this huge fight of beer can fight like hundreds of red black label cans firing into the gym and people throwing back hundreds of cans of red this glittery black label red and black cans and i just remember someone they're saying we're right we're shutting this down the door and someone just handed me a safeway garbage bag or grocery bag full of cash and said, take this and get the hell out of here. And that was the take for the weekend. And I ran away with like thousands of dollars in, in fives. And we did all <laughs> right change. that weekend. <laughs> Where did you get the money originally to buy the black label? Our welfare checks. And did people regard Chuck Biscuits as a god having drummed for Danzig? He was in the... He, had the, he was is, in Danzig. This is before the first Danzig record came out. Chuck at the time was in living in in uh in uh Jersey with with Dimwit and Danzig were, were were starting to rehearse or they were recording the first album and I think the first four horsemen album was being was starting to be made and they were all living out in Jersey and this is before Danzig did a solo record so it was pretty heady times we were all pretty excited and it's exciting for Chuck to come back you know and hang out with us Vancouver hosers and you know he's a big you know all decked out in his his uh, his uh, Danzig black outfits. They're only allowed to wear black and whatnot. And right, I forgot yeah, about right? that. And I, and I had a huge orange afro at the time. I remember hanging out with Glenn Danzig, and he didn't like my afro. Anyhow, whereabouts in Seattle? We went to a, a Danzig show, and uh, and when they when they actually started touring, and I and because Bob Chuck's brother was doing T-shirts, and here's a story. Here's a Dan. Here's a, we'll get back to Sunday morning in a second. But Bob would sell, and, and we just talked to Nick Jones and all those guys, and I th believe Nick still does it, but Bob used to sell T-shirts uh, for a lot of rock bands, and he was selling, he was a merch guy on the first Danzig tour, and what the night that the Danzig tour started, 
they were in the first club they were in, Dan, Glenn Danzig was playing pinball, and Bob comes up to him, and as I said before, the boys' club, we had a lot of pinball machines. We were all really into pinball at the time, and Bob was like, hey, what are you doing? Glenn's like, I'm playing pinball. You want to play doubles? And Bob's like, sure. And I guess the Danzig's manager like sidled up to Bob and said, like, whatever you do, don't beat Glenn. And, uh, and Bob's like, yeah, whatever. And so Bob beat Glenn, and Glenn's like, great, awesome, good game, man. And then uh, the manager came up to Bob afterwards and said, like, uh, yeah, just so you know, you're going to be riding in the, the equipment van from now on. You're not allowed on the bus because he beat Glenn at pinball. So you shouldn't beat Glenn you at pinball. You should not beat Glenn Danzig at pinball. Glenn Danzig doesn't yeah. like afros? Oh, well, I, they were all into black and stuff, and the, everyone wore black, and they all had their hair dyed up. And, and I showed up at the, the, the club in Seattle, and I had this orange. I was six foot five, and I... Had an orange afro. It went badly. Were you Well, there? no, but mm. he was probably just afraid. He was afraid of me, I think, yeah. He's a scared pretty, man. He's a pretty scared man. Yeah. I was pretty scary with that big yeah. clown afro. Yeah, you were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce, speaking of Glenn Danzig yes. and Satan, Satan. Satan's <laughs> going to drag us down. Who sings that on your record, on your Sunday morning record? That oh. is Cass King, who has an amazing voice. Shh. She was amazing. Casking in the the next because it sounds right. like you sampled an old record. Yeah, no, um, we made that ourselves. Yeah, I ran it. We through made that all by ourselves. Felix Fung, who uh, right. who who mixed the record with me, we uh, we took her voice and we we actually recorded it onto an old tape recorder and then just and then just played it back into the uh, Pro Tools and it, we got the sound of an old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little this, bit of trickery there, now audio this, trickery. The song 1986, right? Punk is dead. Punk is dead. Yeah, that was in the journals. If you found them, it was. Yes, it said 1986, and punk is dead. And so, kind of was. It was dead. Um, there really wasn't much going on. Now in '86, you were in Tankock, right? Bruce? No, no. That's um, a- I came back here in 88 86 was the year that slow broke up and then i was in roost roundup which definitely wasn't very punk rock well it was very punk rock in a way but. i was um and sorry we have yeah. another caller okay great caller are you there caller are you there this is jim bridge calling hello how are you hi jim bridge hi jim bridge <laughs> Hey there, Ham. Do you remember the time down at the Boys Club when we made that uh, little horror video uh, for Hard On and we stuffed a whole pile of mannequins full of dead meat? Yes, I do remember. <laughs> Vaguely. We were doing a lot of that stuff back then. Remember Mel Kennedy was involved? With yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen him in ages. I think he's off planet these days. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what happened to Mel. I, don't I know. have no idea what happened to Mel. Uh, what do you remember about the Boys Club caller? Oh, Jesus, that was probably the only real major thing ever went down there. But I do remember the skinhead riot thing. Yeah, right? That was a little hairy. Descends versus yeah, the skinheads. Yeah, and that's when Mel yeah. borrowed my slide protector and did a psychedelic light show for you guys that night. Oh, that's right. Are, yeah. are there any <laughs> photographs or videos of the Boys Club caller? Oh, not that I have. Um, well, I you know. To identify myself to you. Um, Probably the main thing you remember me uh, is the Expo 86 t-shirt of Bill Bennett being fried by Martians from outer space. So, <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you remember that. You know, the, the, um, the, what, if you go and, le- and check out the, uh, the Taking Care of Business uh, video by um, DOA, when they did mm-hmm. that's all filmed, except for the, the where they're on the ice, they did, right. they did the whole video at the Boys Club. 
So, yeah, that was a nice, crazy, cramped, insane space. Hey, so wait a second. Yeah. You did a tribute to, uh, to taking care of no, business. No, no. Remember uh, when DOA covered? But uh, they covered Bachman-Turner Overdrive. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. did Randy Bachman ever make it to the boys' club? Randy was in the boys' club, yeah. He was down in our in our, um, ch- in our chart. Did you tell room. him about the... Randy knew about um, about four wheel drive because uh, Dave Pasty at the time was buying guitars like Gretsch guitars because Randy Bachman collects Gretsch guitars still to this day and Dave was buying Gretsch guitars off him and Dave played Blair Thornton in uh, four wheel drive and so Randy was always threatening to come to a four wheel drive show which I thought would have been kind of creepy. And he was also <laughs> threatening to come to Tank Hog shows. And he never he did. was. Yeah. Nope. He uh, never showed, never showed up. up. No. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling in, caller. Any other questions at all on. for Ooh, a Sunday morning ham? That just, that just popped into my head, and I just wanted to bring that up. Awesome. <laughs> well, well, all right. well, thank you very much, caller, and do 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 And you are still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, 604-822-2487. If you want to speak to Sunday morning or have any Boys Club memories, the Boys Club. (laughs) But you were saying no. You were saying, Bruce, uh, about 1986. (laughs) Bring it all back. (laughs) When was the Tank Hog Skinny Puppy Tour? That was in 1990. 1990, yeah. Was that tour, yeah. Yeah, Punk was back. No. (laughs) <laughs> and that tour, did you get stabbed? No, that was, um, Shane. That was Shane. He got stabbed in the ass in Miami. Mm-hmm. Which, not like this whole Sunday morning thing. A lot of it takes place. And Bruce is originally from Miami. No, I'm no, t- no, no, sorry. Okay, whatever. from. Uh, Tallahassee. Yeah, sorry. I, yeah. But, that's, yeah. That's so are you American? Yes, I you, am. Yeah. You are because yeah. you have mentioned Massachusetts. Yes, yeah. And Miami. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So then and, and I was thinking about that, like I mean, with this the tank hog when Shane got stabbed in Miami, we were down, we spent we were Tank Hog was in Florida for about a week. We played with Skinny Puppy in nineteen ninety. We now played, hold on yeah. a second. Skinny Puppy mm-hmm. and Tank Hog yeah. nineteen ninety. Nowadays yeah. combo. Yeah. People yeah. would pay for that skinny puppy opening slot. You had an uh, I think that, people on that tour, that, other people did on that tour did pay. Because yeah. that, that was amazing to it get was. that exposure. It was. Yeah. Like the skinny puppy were huge in nineteen ninety. And you were saying also it was the first time you saw T shirts marketed specifically for kids. Like Skinny Puppy well, had a lot they, of shirts. It was a Two Dark Park tour, um, and they just put out this album, Two Dark Park, and Jim Cummings, a brain eater, a Vancouver brilliant artist, who I'm going to be playing a show with on March, on February 25th at uh, Atlanta Luz. Anyhow, that's another story. We'll get to that another time. Um, but he had done the, the album cover, and Skinny Puppy were smart in their marketing, and they, they turned the cover of Two Dark Park into, they cut it up into, into quadrants, so there was actually nine T-shirts. They take the they taking the album cover art, split it into nine uh, quadrants, and sold nine different shirts. And there were kids going up, and like most kids were buying all, all the shirts. All, all nine. They had like an all extra semi truck just for t shirts. Friggin' brilliant! Yeah. Yeah. So they, smart those yeah. guys. Yeah, smart, oh, smart, what, smart men. What do you remember, Bruce, about oh, dear, that Tank Hog Skinny Puppy <laughs> tour, and how did it play into Sunday morning playing wow. tomorrow night at the Cult? Well, um, um, I don't really remember every that night much. It would, it would be packed. Um, what right? I, um, oh, oh um, God. I do the shows. Remember and the playing, stabbing. um, 
in uh, Manhattan and having about 2,000 just rabid, skinny puppy fans screaming, fuck you at us. Oh, excuse our language, yeah. And um, and just having that much hate directed at us on stage was just so powerful. It was incredible. It was so fulfilling. Yeah, and then, it was amazing. And, and, and then and Blixa Bargle was hanging out backstage. Blixa was backstage. Yeah. And so we're just who's like, amazing? Who's amazing, right? <laughs> so like, we just backstage. We were just Fucking being like shamed by two thousand rabid industrial fans, and yeah, then it was we're awesome hanging out with Blixa Bargle. Yeah, it felt so good. It was so good. And so what good. song did that manifest itself into in Sunday morning? You took that energy, that fuck you tank hog, and it is now in 86 of Sunday morning. What song? Probably, uh, probably in the one we played. Just um, sick. sick in the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah especially, yeah. yeah, most definitely. Yeah. But I mean, there's also, I, for some reason, drink. There's a song on the record called "Drink for Two. Yes, there that's is. That's a real, and, and actually, it's like it, it's kind of a rip off of a Tank Hog song. But it's not a rip off. It's we can't you can't rip off yourself. But what I remember about the the thing I remember that really like my like I got to like really get to know Bruce when we were down in Florida. We were we were there for a week and we we're like in this record the the song the song uh, drink for two is basically about driving around mm-hmm. on speed right yeah and uh, That's it. we were driving, driving around, on, around speed. on speed and in the middle of the night looking for boiled peanuts in Florida I love boiled peanuts so I, they're much. the most disgusting oh, thing I ever miss boiled peanuts but that but driving around. Florida Damn. in the middle of the night, yeah, just wrecked, just on, wrecked speed, on speed, trying to find a bag of boiled peanuts. It's kind of the quintessential Floridian mm-hmm. experience. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was it like, Ham, to have a motorbike? You mentioned Mike Davies <laughs> earlier. Yeah, he called in. in. Yeah. You had an actual motorbike on stage at the Weiss Hall, oh, and you were playing. <laughs> what was that like when you were playing bass for the Enigmas? Yeah. There was God, a motorbike yeah. revving up, and you were playing bass. Like, that rah, was rah, terrifying. Like, there was actual, like, like smell. It's, yeah, it was, yeah, it was like a, a full-on Harley being revved on. Was that, no, it wasn't a Harley. It was a as PSA or something. As percussion. Yeah, yeah. Paul, Paul played that really well, played that bike really well. What was yeah. that like? Like it was cool. It was like I was like, geez, I hope I don't suffocate. <laughs> but I guess they had done the, the town pump once, eh? And and the 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 like this time around, they took the chain off the bike or something. So they, but uh, evidently, like Paul was doing that. This is before you know. I was in the I I played bass with them in in their reunion a few years ago, and uh, they were they one of the last shows they played at the town pump. I guess Paul had this bike up on stage and was doing that, and the freaking wheel like the it kicked into gear, eh? And the wheel like hit the stage and like almost took someone's head. Like I think it almost took like Gary Genius's head off, which would have been the end of the world. <laughs> but <laughs> wow, uh, Bruce, yeah, what yeah. was serious. what serious, was yeah. Ham like in the Groovaholics? Because I mentioned he Avi, was stylish. Avi was, from Beat Street Records got. He got into hip hop through you. Really? He got into funk. Because what were the Grooveaholics like? The bass player of the Grooveaholics. He got into funk through you. That's great. You were the bass player. That's awesome. I just remember, I remember, like, I loved playing the shows, but I, I wanted to be in, like, a heavy band. 
like like I just wanted to be in it. This is I think it was like this is also pre tank. So rocks. you joined Roots Roundup? No, no. At first, I played in Roots Roundup. <laughs> I love playing funk. I love playing like like listen to a lot of the music. Listen to the music on this album. There's uh, uh what do you call it? Uh, Dirty South. The song. It's a funky number. It's I love so funk. I love I love the funk. Come on, I mean I yeah. love the funk. At that time, you didn't love funk. I'd, but you know, I learned so much playing in the Grooveaholics. Uh, like what a great what a great uh, couple of musicians, Dave Gregg and Ian Tiles. And I got to like, you know, I got to sit down and like, like, and this is in 1987. And I, you know, I got to, to listen to uh, Boney M records and, and, and Schick, you know, records and, uh, and, you know, Earth, Wind and Fire records and learn all those bass lines. And they're just incredible. It's incredible music. And, and we, and, you know, the Grooveaholics, this is Vancouver was a, a great place. I mean, the Grooveaholics, sold out the the Commodore on a Friday night a couple of times. So, I mean, I had a great, I had great experiences, but I wanted to go and play heavy, heavy music. And we, so I went, I did, well, I did what I wanted to do. I went and played, uh, like, you know, Tank Hog was one of the heavier bands in, in the land at the time. And I got to be, I got to play in a super heavy band. And then I went on to play in Jungle. So, you know, which was mm. like a pretty poppy band. And you were saying Jungle were ripped off by the Bernalica ladies, but it really yeah, was whatever. the Evaporators. The va- yeah, I think Jungle ripped off the Evaporators. And then, then because uh, uh, it uh, um One day, isn't yeah. it? I'm, no. I'm, I'm, or one night or one. What do you call it? Woof, woof, woof. I feel like a goof. Then became so fucking great to be alive by jungle which then became it's all been done before by the bare naked ladies and what is mark's reasoning for that because mark's brother lived with one of the yeah ladies? yeah yeah um yeah mark's mark's brother lived with the sound man of the bare naked ladies mm. and evidently the sound man of the bare make naked ladies was playing the jungle ep it's so bleeping it's so fucking great to be alive at soundcheck and so mark is con- or tim who is a lawyer who was trying to sue everyone if he could just to get some money um was like let's sue the bare naked ladies for stealing our song and i was like no anyway. <laughs> it's amazing how let's, let's, so i think done. we should s- you've sue like sleeping bag. created the bare naked ladies you've mm. created <laughs> beat street records in vancouver through the grooveaholics and now sunday morning yeah and now tomorrow, sunday we, just can't, tomorrow, we can't stop we're tomorrow, unstoppable tomorrow at the cult at the cult and, and now you have showed up here to citr what do you think of the new citr because you've been what was CITR in 1980 like in, in 1985 i got at midnight on reg, um reg harkema's show at midnight we got thrown out of the old citr and hauled off by the rcmp and here i am 30 what that was 85 this is 95 this is 32 years ago yeah and here we are sitting in this beautiful new control room it's very well lit yeah it's spacious yeah yeah what do you remember about citr like what this is amazing (sighs) this is amazing yeah yeah it's beautiful yeah huge change here what a beautiful uh it's it's, it's, like you said it's like an airport and And your brother ham got me kicked off the air what was axel rose's hose yeah Yeah. what was the story behind that You were there. You tell us the story. Well, like I, I would just listen. I was like, they hey, were like, drunk. Like they were hammered. Yeah, like because it was the, the tradition. The tradition back then was to like get a, get on CITR at noon, but make sure you're really drunk. Yeah, just right? as just drunk get as drunk. possible. So you have to get up early to start drinking. <laughs> you got to start. So we start drinking at night. It, it was <laughs> we, that was like when Ogre came on your show, and when we were, when we played uh, we played uh, Ride the Lightning by Metallica, and told you that it was our our. <laughs> 
<laughs> we were hammered then. Yeah. We're <laughs> hammered. Bruce and I are. We we can barely keep it together. We, we're so drunk right now. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I loved it. I was like, this is an amazing tune. This is really good. For whom the bell tolls? Yeah, that's us. Yeah. I know, right? What a bunch of dicks. Anyhow, but then the so they yeah, it's like we're going to a Nardwar show. This is. Axel Rose's hose. We just start drinking at nine. They showed up, and I I wasn't I had nothing to do with it. I just remember listening in, and you were like, "This is the Nardor Radio show on CRTR," and I just hear, I think it was Lev Delaney, just go "Mother," <laughs> and before he said the F or word, click, and they 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 hijacked the show. He started broadcasting <laughs> from another room. Yeah. <laughs> and before you had to do the whole interview with those I, uh, We still have it. <laughs> you, oh, yeah, no, on, on cassette. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> on cassette because I thought we were still on the air. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. And then God. you got suspended, didn't you? I did. I oh, was, because I let a drunk eh? person on the air. Well, yeah, you had let many drunk people on the air, but you, yeah, at that point. And then the person that suspended me ended up being drunk themselves on air. <laughs> bah, boom. Oh, um, college radio. Uh, uh, winding up here. Yes. Um, you also played with Flash Bastard. Oh, jeez. The last show, what happened there? You were going to play The Gorge. You were going to play The Gorge. This is going to be your crowning achievement. Of yeah. course, now, Sunday morning, tomorrow night, yes, it's, at the, the coach is your crowning can, achievement. Yeah, but that, at the time, was going to be oh, your crowning Flash achievement. Bastard. Can you set the scene for The Gorge? Flash Bastard on tour with Motley Crue and the Scorpions. And... Ham, you got to come and play keyboards for us because we love it when you play keyboards for us. Okay, well, we can't get enough money to get you on the whole tour, but can you come and play uh, the Rose Bowl in Portland with us? And the Gorge, sure, guys, I'll come down to Portland and haul my keyboards down there and I'll play some piano for Flash Bastard. I show up and I show up in Portland, like, speaking of drunk, well, you know, the Donal is drunk and and picking fights with, uh, with what's this, the lead singer of, uh, of, um, of the uh, Scorpions. The Scorpions, yeah. And Klaus Mine, and, and Klaus Mine has a, a, a bodyguard that's as bigger than me, this big German guy with a mohawk as his bodyguard, and he's beaten the crap out of Donal, and, this, and, the, and the guitar player of, of, uh, of um, the Scorpions is saying, I'd punch him in the face, but I don't want to get lipstick on my fist. And and then Nikki Six comes in the room and Donald's like wasted and Nikki's like, dude, I'm an artist too, but you gotta stop being a dick. And then I say, okay, this is this is great. Uh, how are you guys how's the tour going? It's like not very well. And um so we go on that night and uh Donald's fighting with everyone and everyone's fighting and we go on and the doors at the Rolls Bowl, which is like GM Place in Portland, are supposed are set to open at eight o'clock. So we go on at seven thirty they make us go on at seven thirty and half an hour before the doors are open. So we play to the this and this was one of the most surreal experiences of my life. All the security guards are in this big and we're on the stage and then all the security guards are stationed all over this huge uh 
This uh, is a rose bowl? Yeah, Coliseum. Like, yeah. It's, it's, oh, the rose, <laughs> sort of the Rose Garden. It's called the Rose Garden. This big stadium, right? And so I, we, we play our set to an empty stadium. Then we get off the stage and Donald, like, throws something at Klaus or something. And then that's it. And we're, just, we're told, like, you guys, we're supposed to play at the Gorge with these guys the next night. And then Vancouver at GM Place. And that was it. They're like, we're not having you guys. on. The, and so I went down to Seattle. I went to Portland and played the one show to an empty Stadium, and then uh, then we got thrown off the tour. But you thought the gorge would be it. That would be pretty beautiful great, gorge. Hey? Yeah, I've, yeah, I've never been to the gorge, actually. When you were in slow, Ham, Elliot Lefko kind of entertained you and took you to a hot tub party? Elliot Lefko booked, who uh, went on to do Coachella and worked for Golden Voice, booked the entire, slow's entire uh, first East Coast tour out in Toronto, and he he was just starting out himself, and he did the first two shows. We he wanted us to come out there and play the RPM Club in Toronto with Soul Asylum. Soul Asylum were the next big thing after Huskerdo and their Huskerdo and the replacements. Minneapolis was the big deal back in 1986. Elliot got us out there, and he had us play at the RPM Club, and then we played at Roger Larry, who lives in Vancouver, and who's a lovely cat. We played at Roger Larry's parents' uh, cabin in. Uh, up in like Muskoka or somewhere. Was and there a hot tub? In there was a hot tub. Yeah, there was a hot tub upstairs, and and I I just wanted to sit in the hot tub, and I and I so I went to fill the hot tub up, and the hot tub wasn't filling up, and it turns out the nozzle of the hot tub, like you know the shower nozzle thing, was in behind a a, a, a plant, and Chris and I were like the thing's not filling up, and we're like the water's blasting out into like the wall, and like and then people are banging on the door like how come there's water running down the, the walls of our of our fancy cabin? And it's like what are you guys doing in there? We're just like oh we're idiots. Anyhow, any yeah, so didn't really actually get the. We managed to wreck the cabin, but we didn't get a hot tub. Slow in Toronto. Mm. And also, you can check some R.D. Kane vids. Yeah. Yes, you can. Who will be performing with us tomorrow night? Who's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. Who does our... Does Sundaymorning.com. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sundaymorning.band. Dot band. Dot band. Oh. Yeah, Sundaymorning.band. R.D. Kane is going to be performing as well. He's... Yeah, him and I have worked on a. He does like acoustic guitar to a slideshow of all his, his amazing photographs. Yeah, and so he's going to be doing that. Um, he's yeah, he'll be playing acoustic guitar to his amazing photographs. And then we have a little change for tomorrow night. We have a a band called Trailer Hawk who are going to do a, a, a few songs. Very Cant Hamish Hawk. Yeah, yeah, but Mini Hawk. That's they're very good. Yeah. They're going to be opening, and then Sunday morning we'll hit the stage at 9 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Anything you want to add, Bruce, about Sunday morning? Anything I want to add? Um, I don't know if there is. Um, we just... are going to play the song Uptown. Oh, great. Anything you want to add about that particular track? <laughs> Uptown is pro- pro- probably our happiest-sounding song, and um, we had uh, Dominic Conway plays saxophone. Alison Gorman. Yep, on, yep. on tr- trumpet, who's yep. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You have some great female vocals as well. And on the Leah Commons, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. The great Leah Commons. And the record is on vinyl now, we too. We have it on vinyl, and you can you can get it on iTunes, and you can get it on all... Oh, right? On Spotify. On Spotify. The whole deal, yeah. Yeah. Come go and check out our, our website on 
Sundaymorning.band. Sundaymorning.band. And we are playing tomorrow night at the Colch. Doors are yeah. at 7 30. 7 30. And the show starts promptly at 8. So and be there before 8. And to get a it. seat. Yes. Why should people care about Sunday morning? Why should people care? Because we're so damn good. Yeah, it's a good band. You're gonna, we're just you're gonna, so damn you know, good. It's a good. It's a really good band. Um, we don't play very often. Um, the songs are really good. Bruce and I put a lot of work into this. The players are amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be an entertaining show. Uh, we're in the straight this week. What did Mike Usinger say about us? He's, he he could have said we are brilliant. Yeah, he could. He could have said brilliant. He could have used <laughs> but the he word said, brilliant. People don't make <laughs> records like this anymore. It's kind yeah. of like it's an indulgent record for us, but it's really entertaining and uh, and he's gonna have a good time. And it's fun. It's fun. It's, it's a fun. fun record. Have some fun. Have some damn fun. Have some damn and fun in Vancouver. The, yeah, right. And it's about time. Here yeah. we go yeah. with Uptown by Sunday Morning. Well, thank you very much, Sunday Morning, and do do loot do do do. Hell. Yes, Nard. This is amazing, but it's the wrong <laughs> That's track. That's Come the Rain, which is a great song. It's the wrong song. song that is but a great song. Thank you. Uh, what is this song? Well, we get the other song all queued up. This is called Watch Come the Rain. And here we go with Uptown, Bonus Do Doots, and Keep On Rocky in the Free World, <laughs> and Do Do Loot Do. Do Do. Carry. 